It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, and temperatures are pretty much in the teens to single digits across the state of Wyoming. But all the roads are open. I-80 still has some problems, but it's open. That's typical this time of year. My name is Glenn Woods. Let's do this. Just for the record, before I get, really get anything, I guess I should probably remind everybody today throughout the morning. Right now, the time is 6.07. Yeah, okay. Spring forward. Just so you know. All right. Miss Mary, of all people, yes, I'm picking on her, is a little bit late today because she forgot to set her clock. I'm like, what? It doesn't do it automatically? The only clock that I have to set is one in my studio here. There's one analog clock in my studio. Other than that, I haven't had a set of clock in years. Now, she went and got one, she said, because she was having... Well, it, basically, she tried to get something more reliable and then found out she wasn't when it came time to reset the clock. So, okay, there's where we're at today with people getting up to start their day and completely screwed on the time. You probably feel like you need a little extra sleep. I do have, and I'll add more people to the list, on Friday's program, we're having a good time just figuring out when predictions of when the next or the last big spring storm hits. Miss Mary made a calendar on that. We'll get a few more names and predictions for that. Talk to Don Day about it, 745. Now, I do have, among some Wyoming news, I also have a story about that big bank crash that happened over the weekend. We'll get to that, why it may have crashed. We'll see. As the morning goes on, we'll get to that. But this one... I wanted to get to first. Now, for, someone sent me this. In fact, it was a DJ in Gillette. And then as I did some searching around this morning for news, I came across, well, a bit more about it. And let me see. Where do I have AOC buying? No, not those. Let me get over to, because I got to do a proper intro for this one here. There we go. Ah, here she is. Ladies and gentlemen, Greta Thunberg recently took something down. She had posted it, and I think it was on Twitter. I'll double check here. And then she recently took it down because the prediction didn't happen. She could probably be a big pop music star if she continued like that. She's made a lot of money doing this, by the way, the whole cult of climate change thing. Yeah, she's made a lot of money. I'll have to look up her net worth at some point here. Maybe I will in the next break to find out what she's worth right now. Okay, so the story says, being the international spokesperson for a fake crisis can be tough. This is from PJ Media. 
as a child actor who acts as the mouthpiece for the cult of climate change industry, which it is. She has just been reminded, oh, Saturday, Human Events Senior Editor Jack, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, tweeted a scolding rebuke of Greta. How did you delete this? The deleted tweet in question had Greta quoting, A climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Now, the date of that tweet, she tweeted that June 21st, 2018. So let's read the tweet again. And this guy sent a tweet to Greta. Hi, Greta. Why did you delete this? That's what he tweeted her. And then he has a screen grab of what she tweeted back then. Greta said, a top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Okay, now again, she posted that June 21st, 2018. Her deletion suggests even Greta knows that the sun is likely to rise on June 22nd, 2023. You know what we should do here? Hang on a second now. Okay, so we did this in June, right? Okay, let me see. Where is my... Uh, there we go. Okay. And, okay, so what, here's what I need to do here. If she if she suggested this, that we have five years, according to this top climate scientist, or we are just done, that means the end is nigh. June 22nd, 2023. We have until then. And then it's just all over, according to Greta. Yeah, so I've started the countdown clock here. I'll make sure to move this clock over into my climate folder. And then maybe we should just do daily countdowns from now until June 22nd, 2023. Among the list of many other, I'd say, climate alarmisms that we've gotten over the years that told us we had until this date and then it was all over. Now, you've heard me before go through a long list, a very long list of predictions that never came true. So we don't need to, unless you want to have fun going through that again, we don't really need to go through that. You get the idea. But even Greta took that post down. She took the tweet down. Story says Greta was even more hysterical than her fellow climate, uh, Mr. Ocasio-Cortez who on January 21st, 2019, chastised older generations for not being sufficiently terrified in the face of impending doom. Quote, millennials and Gen Z and all of these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? Well, says this author, because I'm willing to wager right now, the sun will not only rise on June 22nd, 2023, but also in January 22nd, uh, 2031, the climate hysteria has been trying to frighten people with false apocalyptic scenarios and predictions 
for longer than most people realize. He writes, back in September 1958, future feminist Betty Friedan published an article in Harper's Magazine, The Coming Ice Age. She purported to explain how rising ocean waters may flood our port cities in the foreseeable future and why it would be followed by a growth of a vast glacier which would cover most of Europe and North America. Do 65-year count in the foreseeable future, can we can safely say the Ice Age is not coming? April 70, uh, 1970, Paul Ehrlich, the population bomb, I've talked about that, not a single prediction came true. And again, this author here goes on with one after the next, one, one prediction after the next that never came true. So Greta took this one down. Well, I guess she was hoping that nobody would notice. Sometimes the best way to way. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six eighteen is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Yeah, temperatures here. Where I'm at, it's about 16 degrees. I don't want to hear it, Lorelai. That's my sister. She's going to be a lot warmer than that. Hey, we get up to 40 today. Ooh. And really no winds, so that's going to be nice. All right, so a major bank went bankrupt during the course of the weekend. And right away, I, I want to hear all the explanations as to why. Now, I'm going to read from an article here, more of an opinion piece. But I still, as you know, like to wait for more information to come in. Because when more information comes in, we get a better idea of what really happened. As I always say, I don't care... Whenever some news event is breaking, I don't care who's talking, usually the first thing you hear is wrong. Even if it's something that you would agree with, usually when a news story breaks, the first things you hear from anybody, wrong. So I'm going to read this opinion piece, just take it with a, a grain, if not a bag of salt. So... The story says, go woke or go bust. Oh, so woke and so green and so diverse, Silicon Valley Bank just went bust. He writes, one can go to its website and uh, still up for those, but not for much longer, apparently, and see its claims assets about $212 billion. But as they say, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, makes for the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. So remarkably, 93% of the bank's $161 billion in deposits were uninsured by FDIC, which only covers about $250,000. And they had about $487 million, one uh, Roku. Well, you know Roku for your television had about $487 million in the bank. So just for starters... A lot of CFOs, the folks in charge of handling the company's money, are going to have some splaining to do. Speaking of splaining, the bank officials will need to answer a lot of questions, including what role did wokeness play? This author says another team of wokeness, of course, is ESG, which stands for Environmental and Social Governance. ESG is uh, the question as well. 
is a considerable body of economic literature showing that it just brings on financial hardship. Although you're supposed to be doing everything for the right reasons to save the planet, and that's why you're forced to engage in it, right? For instance, one study by a professor, London School of Economics, finds that ESG funds appear to underperform financially relative to other funds within the same asset uh, managing year and charges higher fees. Quote, our findings suggest that socially responsible funds do not appear to follow through on proclamations for concerns for stakeholders. In other words, people are using ESG because it makes them feel good, not because it's profitable. A shorter version, ESG makes less, costs more, and is a fraud. So, of course, ESG investing only soothes the consciousness of gullible trust funders. It, they, they think, again, they're doing something to save the planet. But now, as a big ESG bank goes belly up, he says, we see the danger of the systemic risk of the, for the entire economy. This is what happens when bank failures dominoed back in 1929. So it's funny, and not in a funny way, that uh, as recently as March 7th, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was urging faster pleas on the ESG, a delayed and disorderly transition to a net zero economy, which is bankrupting everybody and providing us with unreliable energy at a higher cost. Story says, well, we haven't gotten to net zero yet, and we never will, especially with China still building coal plants, but we've already had a shock to the financial system. Then there's the question of bailing out this bank beyond its FDIC requirement. As Washington reported on Saturday, there's a debate going right now. It erupted in Washington, D.C. There's some people in Washington, D.C. that want to totally bail out this bank. On the other hand, a larger and graver banking crisis could damage the economy and cause Biden so many votes. We'll see. Oh, and, and then, of course, there's interest rates. And a lot of that will have to do with your credit cards, too, but also your car loans and so on. That might spike. But let's get back to the bank. Meantime, evidence continues to pile up that woke ESG is bad for business. And that's what harmed this bank. To be sure, the story says plenty have been warning about the dangers of ESG, including House Majority Leader. Steve Scalise, Republican, Louisiana, and also some of those directly talking about the growth and safeguarding of pension funds, West Virginia State Treasurer Riley Moore. There's even a new network of right-leaning investors overseeing state financial funding. So now expect a scramble as all of the emperors of ESG, including Al Gore, and some other big names like him. And, and yes, Janet Yellen. I wonder if they will rush to take their personal funds out of banks like this. Now, again, this is all virtue signaling. You were banks, businesses forced to do the ESG thing. It was pushed on them. And so they started following because they felt they needed to. I mean, you, you have to be considered virtuous in order to have customers and do business, right? That's like when I walked into a mall a while ago. There's a store 
that what they sell has absolutely nothing to do with sustainable anything. And yet they have a big poster up there, one of America's most sustainable businesses. And they're, they're talking about sustainability in the sense that we're trying to save the planet. And again, what you, when you look at the kind of products they sell and the kind of business they do, it has nothing to do with sustainability, but they have to say that. They have to virtue signal or so they feel. Right? Okay, so back to this bank. And it's uh, duty, which is especially extensive when it comes to federally regulated banks. Once again, nobody wants another depression. So let's consider this Silicon Valley Bank's fiduciary duties as we go through the bank's own statements. Okay, we can leave for another time speculation about any other legal violations that it might have committed. For instance, here's... SVB's headline, January 10, 2022. Silicon Valley Bank commits $5 billion to sustainable finance of carbon-neutral operations to support a healthier planet. I tell you what this reminds me of. Um, what was that Bitcoin guy we just dealt with a little while ago? And we're still dealing with him, I know. But uh, people were giving him all sorts of money because they were supposed to be investing in Bitcoin. And he wasn't investing it in Bitcoin. Instead, he was spending all of this money on the Democrat Party and all sorts of other woke things that he wanted to spend money on and living a lavish lifestyle off of this. And very little of the money actually went in to investing in Bitcoin like he said it was going to. And that's why it fell apart. So here's this bank, Silicon Valley Bank, commits $5 billion in sustainable finance on carbon-neutral operations to support a healthier planet. So is that the best use of the funds? All we know for sure is that the CEO chose not to address the fiduciary matter, uh, or in other words, our ability to make a meaningful difference for people on the planet and address a risk because a lot of these so-called green energy companies are a huge financial risk. So why not invest in something that actually either preserves people money, people's money or earns them good interest? All of that money might seem great for some people, the story says, uh, especially slave laborers in Africa mining the materials. And maybe the planet, not counting bald eagles killed by windmills. But it doesn't seem to have been great for the investors in other words, they spent a lot of money at this bank investing in what they saw as virtuous things, woke things, and those investments did not come through. This author says, yeah, that's about what this bank is all about, building trust, although they have some funny ways of building it. For instance, they sold $3.6 in stock. Um, did he know something? Was it inside information? Yeah, the, the bank president had stock in the company, in the bank, and he sold a bunch of it. Why did he suddenly bail out of his own bank? Of course, SVB is also big into diversity, equity, and inclusion, declaring, we're building a culture of belonging with a global workforce and so on and so on. Okay, to wrap it up, this is something I've said for, for many years. If I'm going to invest in a business, 
I want to see that they're focused on the business. If they're focused on all these virtue signaling things, then they're not actually focused on what they're supposed to be doing to make money. And so they're going to go broke. Okay. Focus on what you do for a living. Focus on your business. Forget all of the virtue signaling nonsense, and you might actually stay afloat, unlike this bank. Coming up on local news, update on your weather forecast right after that. Then you and I get back into it again. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. A reminder now, 636 is the time, just because your clocks were supposed to be changed for those people who might have a clock or two that hasn't been changed. All right, I actually want to answer Jim and Casper. Good comment on this one, Jim. So if you're just joining me, I was just talking about that bank that failed over the weekend. And Chet and Yoda reminds me that, yeah, another one failed too. But now the bank that failed, very possible. I just went to the website during the news and information break. The main website's down. They have a whole bunch of information about uh, the, the fact that they basically went bankrupt and how people can get some of their money back. But in most cases, they'll never get it all above a certain amount. And, you know, it's... Major problem, but it may be because a lot of what they did was they went all woke, donating money and giving and investing money in all sorts of green energy and woke causes and so on, which is not profitable. All right, I'll get to the profit thing in just a minute. That's important. Jim and Casper writes, let the woke fail where it may. If my business goes bust, no one will bail me out. No one will save my retirement. No one will save my employees. Big or little, let free market enterprise and capitalism take its course. Let the will go broke on its own stupidity and lies. Now, Jim, some years ago, a couple of years ago, I was in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and a gentleman had opened up a restaurant. And the restaurant served a lot of high-end um some of it was vegan, but most of it was supposed to be natural, organic foods and so on. So one of those restaurants, I decided to try it out. The food tasted good. It, the presentation was good. The food tasted good. But mostly it was um, high-priced and not a lot. I mean, I, what I looked at was on my plate. I'm like, that's not a whole lot for what I just paid for here. So I walked away still feeling hungry. And I spent a lot of money on it. But still, the guy, well, of course, making that kind of food tends to be expensive anyway. So I was talking to the owner of the business, congratulating him on just opening up. And, of course, he is all into the whole virtue signaling and woke stuff. And he even said to me, well, you know, people before profits. I didn't say this to his face, although I should have. I, I was thinking the moment he said that. And that's why you're going to go out of business real fast. Profit is not a dirty word. As long as you're earning your money honestly, profit is a good thing. If you want to help your people, you have to make a profit. If you're really successful and you get stinking rich 
off of whatever you're doing for a living. Congratulations as long as you did it honestly. Because not only did you help yourself, but you helped a whole lot of other people between your employees and your customers all along the way. People before profits? No, profits if you want to help your people. That's how that works. But profits also often treated as a dirty word. No, you want to put that first more than anything else, which is why I say when, and when I take a look at this bank that failed, that a lot of what they were doing was virtue signaling and woke and we care about all of these causes and we donate money to and invest in all of these causes, which tells me you're more interested in virtue signaling than you are in doing what actually is profitable. Profit should be the number one concern of any business out there. How do we make as much money as we possibly can? Again, you got to do it honestly, but you want to make as much money as you possibly can. That's how you help your people. And that's also how you can help your customers too. Now, some people hear me say that. Well, that means charging as much as you can. Not necessarily. Sometimes the best way to make a lot of money is not to be the person that charges the most, not to be the most expensive. Just being the most expensive doesn't necessarily mean you're doing better than everybody else because a lot of people avoid the highest possible prices. But you still want to make as much money as you possibly can. Profit helps your people. It's not profit before people. So that's why whenever I take a look at any business that is more interested in virtue signaling, or in this case, a bank, that's more interested in investing in green energy and environmental causes, but woke causes as well. That's where they were putting money. If somebody went and deposited a bunch of money in the bank, the bank, of course, wants a good return on the investments for, and they don't just lend money. You know, they invest some of that money in things. And what they were investing in was not profitable. It's great virtue signaling in today's modern society, but it's not really profitable. That tells me that they're not focused on what they need to be focused on. So when it comes to any business, it's often best to take a look at those people who are focused on what they do for a living, what exactly is the purpose of the business, and how do they intend to maximize profits. Again, profits is not a dirty word. If they're focused on something else through virtue signaling, they will be going out of business. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather up. It's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six forty-eight. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to Frank Gambino waiting in the ice box over there. Uh, Frank, I got a seminar for you to attend. I, I'm not going. No, okay. And I'm not even going to listen. Yeah, okay. I don't like seminars. Yeah, okay. I think it's garbage. Yeah, okay. And and you, you do get a good nap there. Sometimes they, they provide I, I, food. Well, the, normally, the, well, oh, food. Yes, if they have a seminar with food, yeah, I go. Well, yeah. I don't care what they're talking about. I'm there for the free food. Okay, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that, that, that changed everything. Well, okay. This one, um, Wyoming Department, uh, whatever quality. I see. Uh, environmental quality. Oh, DEQ. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're hosting dead animal composting seminars. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, you see, I might want to go to that just because I want to know exactly how boring is this going to be or interesting for that. You have a dead animal. What kind of animal? You're going to compost it. Yeah, they, 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 don't they just take it to the landfill and, and the animal I pit? I don't know. I think that's what what they do. Okay, now it's a long... Oh, wait, wait. Each Okay, each seminar, so there's more than one, oh. begins at 10 a.m. We'll conclude before 2.30 p.m. Lunch will be on your own. Oh, they're not serving lunch? Oh, then we're okay. not, I'm no, not going I'm not. and I'm not interested. Forget it. I mean, go to that thing over there. I mean, you would think if they're doing composting, we would get some kind of a dead animal for lunch. Well, why wouldn't you, why would you even be hungry talking about stuff <sighs> like that? I don't know. Come on, you people. Okay. Really? Uh, they'll also, and, and I know, ooh, this is exciting suffering. They're going to be discussing solid waste permitting requirements. You need a permit to? Yeah. Yeah. And afternoon participants will have <laughs> hands-on experience in constructing a compost windrow. Well, yeah. Com- well, now, go. compost is important. I, I yeah. wonder now, are dead animals included? Because they're not having lunch, so are they going to include dead animals? But the solid waste there? compost is very important. Okay, now you got to register for that. Oh, Let me right. see. Uh, Moorcroft, Torrington, Cody will be having all of these. And then you got to call Craig, you know, to go ahead and set this up, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay. But there's um, no lunch. But no, they they will take time out for lunch, but you got to go take care of lunch on your own. Pass. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be in the WNIT with an automatic bid and likely will play at home. They'll find out their opponent later on today with the selection when the selections come out. The Cowgirls finished second at the Mountain West Conference Tournament with a 71-60 loss to UNLV. Uh, UW is 22-10. Last year, they made it to the third round of the WNIT before losing the UCLA in triple overtime, 82-81. Men's college basketball, the Mountain West Conference got four teams in the NCAA Tournament. That's really good. Conference champion San Diego State got a 5 seed in the South. They'll take on Charleston in the first round in Orlando. Utah State is the 10th seed in the South and will draw Missouri in the opening round in Sacramento. Boise State is the 10th seed in the West. They'll play Northwestern in round one in Sacramento. And Nevada got a spot in the first the first four in Dayton and they'll play Arizona State to tip things off. In junior college basketball, the Casper College women qualify for the National Tournament in Lubbock, Texas for the fourth time in six years with a 62-60 win over Western Wyoming in the championship game of the Region 9 Tournament in Scottsbluff, Nebraska on Saturday. The birds are 30 and 3 on the year, and they got 15 points each from Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar and Douglas grad Jocelyn Igo. Now, Casper College will be the 15th seed in the national tournament. They'll play Walter State from Morristown, Tennessee in the first round. Walter State is the 18th seed with a record of 25 and 4, and that game will be a week from Wednesday down in Lubbock. The LCCC women's basketball team finished the season at 21 and 10 with a loss to Casper College in the semifinal round of the Region 9 tournament, 85 58. The Casper College men lost a tough seven. 78-77 decision to Trinidad State in the championship game of the men's Region 9 tournament in Casper on Saturday. Jamison Epps was terrific for the T-Birds in that game with 33 points on 11 of 19 from the field, and Casper finishes the season at 24-8. and The L-Trip men wrapped up the season with a loss to Casper College in the semifinals in that Region 9 tournament, 85-80 to finish 17-12. and The high school basketball season concluded on, in Casper on Saturday with the championship games in the 3A and 4A state tournament, and 4A boys Cheyenne East won their first state title 
title since 2006 with a 68-59 win over Laramie. Garrett Slavs led East with 18 points and Drew Jackson added 17. Cody won their very first state championship in girls basketball and went undefeated as they downed Thunder Basin 65-53 to win the 4A championship. In 3A boys, Worland won their second state title in the last three years as they beat Lyman 37-35. And in 3A girls, Douglas won their fifth consecutive title as they beat Buffalo 62-46. And congratulations to Cody because your headline here says, finally achieve elusive state championship. Because they have played in the state championship game the two previous years and lost. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's hard work and perseverance. Yeah, so they hung right in there and they finally got there. And if you want to see all the pictures Frank took, and some video, too. Wild preps. Yep. There you go. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And we're going to roll into news time after that. Again, national local update on the weather forecast. Got a couple of not-so-bad-looking days out there weather-wise compared to what we've had. So Don Day will update you that. Not just the, the weather forecast at the end of the news cycle here. But 745, he joins me. And we'll talk about the forecast because later this week, some snow and bad weather. So we start nice, we end just bleh. Let's wake up my own. If you're a business... Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I want to make sure that you heard that right. The time is 7.06. I always have to do this. The whole daylight saving time thing. Which, by the way, I do have an article coming up. Is this the end of daylight saving? Could this be? And I don't agree with the author of the article. This would be the last year for it. But we are getting really close to not having to do that anymore. We'll, I'll, I'll explain it later on. So 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So um, <clears throat> Biden made a decision. Yeah, I'm sorry. As usual, it's not good. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Toron's traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. Okay. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. For example, I'm getting notes from Dave and Casper right now. You're okay, Dave and Casper. Not the same Dave as the one. Although Dave from San Francisco called last week, and he was actually reasonable. We had a discussion. He was not a jerk. So he actually got to stay on for a while. See, I like it when people call that disagree with me. That's fine. I'm all about that. Go ahead, call, disagree with me. I'm good with you. But if you're a jerk, then you're just gone. Okay, so here's the headline. Biden administration further delays offshore drilling lease. This goes back to when the president is complaining, well, there's all these oil companies out there. They have all this land. We, they, at least we can allow them to drill on and yada, yada, yada. But 
just because they were able to get the lease doesn't mean they can get the permits. But let's read the story here. President Biden's oil and gas offshore lease plan is late and will be even later as the Interior Department argues it needs until December to finalize the plan. It told a court it needs the rest of the year to complete an analysis on the delay five-year program, which would replace the expired 2017-2022 program. See, this is where, once again, I, and I love going back to this. This is when Joe Biden was running for vice president and he was debating Sarah Palin on stage. And Sarah Palin did her famous drill, baby, drill. And Biden said, well, that doesn't make sense. I mean, if you find oil somewhere, it takes like 10 years to get to it. Well, Mr. Biden, it takes 10 years or more to get to it if your federal government's involved in it. Now, again, we want some reasonable plan and, you know, to make sure that those who are going to drill in whatever area are going to do it safe and clean and et cetera. But that doesn't mean that it takes this long to do it. This should have been done a long time ago. Story says there's currently no active offshore leasing program providing for new lease or sales despite the Outer Continental Shelf Lands Act mandating that the Secretary of Interior shall prepare this program to the best of national energy needs. America's energy future is on hold, the story says, as the Biden administration deliberates on how to comply with the law at the same time it's in working to end all what they call fossil fuels, or to let the president explain it to you. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. the pipeline yeah. infrastructure? Yeah. And, exactly. and, and, and. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. I've argued against any more oil drilling or gas drilling on federal lands. No one's going to build a coal-fired plant again, and we're going to get rid of the ones we have now. I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Would you be willing to sacrifice some of that growth? even knowing potentially that it could displace thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of blue-collar workers in the interest of transitioning to that greener economy? The answer is yes. So let's take a look at Alaska for a moment and how many times we've been told by environmentalists that this would just ruin the area. Now, Alaska needs to be preserved. I am same with Wyoming and other states. I'm all for if we're going to allow someone to drill, then let's make sure that they're doing it right, that they're we got to make sure that, yes, they are clean. And when they're done, we can't tell that they were ever there. The occasional spill does happen. But again, when a spill happens, I've said this many times before, they need to be prepared to deal with it. Environmentalists will act as if a spill is irreparable harm. Let's go back to the Gulf of Mexico. Remember that big BP oil spill that happened there? Yeah, that that was uh, from one of BP's rigs offshore. It was I think off of Texas, right? 
or was it Louisiana? I, one of those. But it, and remember how big that oil spill was, and you were told at the time it's this irreparable harm, and yet not only was that cleaned up in a very short period, well, we learned a lot from Exxon Valdez. So that was cleaned up in a very short period of time. But also we found out nature does a lot to clean up. There's these microbes that love to eat oil. And so much, if you go to those areas now, you can't tell that a spill ever happened. Same thing if you head on up to Alaska, Exxon Valdez, that's where we didn't know really much about cleaning up a spill of that size. And I remember that the oil company had sent out people to the beaches with paper towels to try to clean up the mess that hit the beaches. That's when we learned a lot about, and here's how you clean up an oil spill, and make sure that the oil companies can handle it. I'm all for taking care of Alaska. But remember now, the environmentalists have been wrong about many things. Uh, the Alaskan pipeline was going to devastate whole herds of animals and cause extinctions and so And it didn't. It did just the opposite of that. In fact, we have more animals up there now because of the pipeline. Many of you know the pipeline, which is above ground, is warm and helps thaw some of the snow up there, which means animals can get under a warmer pipeline. It's not really hot, but it's warmer than just the regular air, so it feels better to them. And they can get at the grass underneath the pipeline. And if you have herds of animals gathering underneath the pipeline and they're warmer and they have food, then they start doing what comes natural, and we end up with a lot of little babies up there. So the pipeline, which environmentalists, we should never build that thing. Why? It's going to destroy the ecosystem and help the ecosystem. So to allow drilling in Alaska, but also offshore, absolutely. Want to make sure they're doing it in a safe and clean and environmentally sound way? Absolutely. But it doesn't take 10, 15 years, et cetera, et cetera, to but we know what the ultimate goal is. Is it more environmentally friendly to develop and produce oil and gas resources off the coast of Louisiana, or is it more environmentally friendly to develop those resources, say, in Venezuela or in another country abroad, in terms of emissions, in terms of climate? Um, Senator, what I can say is that... Um I think here in our country, we care deeply about workers. Uh, but that's not my question. My question is, what has the lowest emissions profile using Louisiana or American workers in the outer continental shelf off the Gulf with American companies and American regulations or Venezuelan standards and Venezuelan crude? Senator, I'm, I'm not an economist or an engineer or a scientist. Um, but with respect get a sense that this question is not going to be answered straightforward. There is a national lab which has determined that the emissions profile of developing oil and gas off the coast of Louisiana is the lowest in the world for that oil which is processed in Louisiana. Well, surprising to me that she couldn't answer such a simple question. 716, Wake Up Wyoming. And bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty-one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so I got to answer what Rich just said to me. Uh, not not rich in Thermopolis, but rich in Casper. I was just talking about how Biden has. Uh, delayed again, Alaskan drilling offshore for oil. And of course, 
play the quotes about how he wants to end all oil and gas drilling. He said that as he was even running for office. But okay. Rich says, what about a horizontal drilling platform? Because I'd mentioned the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico some years ago. They never did say how much oil came out, and yet it, the Gulf waters did a pretty good job of cleaning it up. Well, in fact, let's think about this. The Gulf of Mexico, which I grew up by, Gulf of Mexico, especially up when you get around Texas, Louisiana, a lot of oil up in there. Lots. I mean, lots. And it's way underneath, and not just the, the sand, the dirt, you know, but all of that water, too. There's a lot of pressure. And because of that, a lot of oil gets squoozed out. And as it comes to the surface, it kills fish and birds and so on the way. It'll wash up on shorelines in oil slicks, tar balls, not really healthy for the environment. And it's not human beings doing that. That's just nature. In fact, some years ago, I was reading an article by an oil researcher, essentially, easy way to put it. And he was explaining that if you're on a beach anywhere in the world and you see an oil slick coming up, the odds are that has nothing to do with human beings. That's just nature. It's leaking oil. Happens along the California coast all the time. Oil just comes leaking up from the ocean. Has nothing to do with people. So when we send rigs out like Gulf of Mexico and we drill down in and we start sucking that oil out of there, we're relieving the pressure. Now, we're going to pull that oil out, and we're going to use it. So it never has the chance to leak up and, and massive slick moving toward the coastlines, killing all sorts of wildlife and so on. Never has the chance to do that. We, instead, brought that oil up safely, clean, processed it, used it. Okay. Those are good things. That actually does nature and humanity a lot of good. Oh, by the way, there was – I was um, watching congressional hearings. Remember I was uh, telling you last week, there's – those in like from the Los Angeles Times, guy wrote an idiotic article. I think I was telling you this on Friday, where driving your car apparently is racist. And the reason for that is that here's this guy who writes for the Los Angeles Times, and he's driving through the city to get to the beach – and he's driving through all of these minority neighborhoods, and he's thinking, and we're dumping all of this pollution into these neighborhoods, and we're killing people, minorities. This is racist. Okay, there was a congresswoman who was complaining to Alex Epstein. He wrote the book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, and she was saying that oil is killing minorities disproportionately. And he answered her by saying, wrong. It's saving lives, especially the lives of poor people. When you take a look, when we use energy, coal, gas, and oil, when we use energy, it increases the quality of life and our life expectancy. How old are you right now? A lot of you that are in your 40s, there was a time you would have been at death's door already. Now people are living into their 80s, common, easy. Our quality of life, our health has been extended greatly 
because we use coal, gas, and oil. And that includes people who live in minority communities. We're not killing them off. Their life expectancy has been extended vastly. Minority communities, those folks used to die in their like early 30s, if not sooner. But now they live a whole lot longer than that. A lot of old people in those communities. And it's because we use coal, gas, and oil. Not, they're not dying off. Their, their life expectancy is not shrinking because of it. It's been extended. Okay, now this, I, I, this woman needs to be fired. Republicans are slamming the energy secretary for claiming the U.S. can learn from what China is doing on climate change. I'm pausing because, yes, you heard that right. It took you a second to process that, right? Republican lawmakers are tearing into U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm after she helped China or held up China, pardon me, as a model for the United States to emulate on climate change. Now, remember, China is opening one coal fire power plant after the next. And when they burn coal, they do it straight. They throw the coal in and just burn it. That's why their skies in their major cities are yellow. At the annual SXSW conference in Austin, Texas on Friday, she praised China's efforts to tackle climate change, saying the Communist Party has a very, is very sensitive and has invested a lot in their solutions to achieve their goals. We're hopeful in what China's doing, she says. Her comments drew a heated response from House members who accused her of siding with China against American producers. So here's one. Uh, after her comments on climate change praising China and criticizing the U.S. in the same breath, energy secretary should resign. She is delusional. China has no plans to address their emissions. Since 2005, we've reduced emissions more than any other country in the world. Now, I go back to, you've heard me say it how many times, CO2 is not a pollutant. It's actually helpful to the planet. But if you still... When you take a look at what we do with our, let's say, look at a Wyoming power plant, that's pretty much steam coming out of there. Very few pollutants actually come out of those stacks because of what we do with our power plants, actual clean. Let's see, here's another Twitter comment. Uh, President Biden's energy secretary praised China's climate change efforts and investments in clean energy. Fact check, China is the worst top-tier polluter. It's time for the administration to stop taking China's lies at face value and hold them accountable. Story says the U.S. and China have agreed to cooperate on the climate crisis. There's no climate crisis here at all. And China has not done anything that they said they were going to do. In fact, in many cases, when one of those world climate summits is being held, China doesn't even show up. If they ever did agree to anything, they've never abided by it. So I don't know what the hell she's talking about. All right, coming up on some local news, right after local news update and weather forecast. After that, you and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. A lot of you folks waking up to temperatures in the teens. Some of you even single digits. Bit of a warm-up next couple of days. Now, at 745, I got Don Days who's going to join me live on here to talk about couple of relatively nice days and then we'll explain wake up Wyoming
Hear paper on the 5 o'clock news. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Time is 7.36. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so let's head into the state of Wyoming once again. Some members of the Republican Party in the state are having a little bit of a problem. This has happened in a few different counties. So with a legal bill at $50,000, a broke Unita County Republican Party makes a plea for donations. This is from Cowboy State Daily. For the second time in less than a month, Unit County Republican Party has put out a plea for donations as the party continues to fight a lawsuit brought by a party member. The Republican Party, this is a quote, is in a terrible situation uh, due to the lawsuit filed against us. We are in danger of losing any and all viability to further the values that we know are vital to our state and so on. Uh, there have been problems when, you know, dues are due to the Republican Party. To keep the Republican Party statewide going, local parties have to collect and pay dues. And that's been a problem. We've had a few issues around the state where local parties were pushed out of the uh, statewide convention and not allowed to vote. Well, you didn't pay your dues. So this could be a problem for them. Crux of the lawsuit is whether the major political parties in Wyoming must follow the statute in the way they conduct internal party business. So that's what the lawsuit's all about. That's what they're fighting about right now in court. So far, it's cost them about $50,000. Now, there's another story I came across. This to me, I don't have to spend a lot of time. This to me was just hysterical. It's from the Jackson Hole News and Guide. And it's an editorial somebody wrote. Party over people is wrong. Remember, I just got done, for those who didn't hear earlier, last hour, I was talking about a restaurant that had opened in Casper, no, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And the restaurant owner, who I was talking to about his brand new place, was all woke and leftist. And he said to me, yeah, you know, it's important. People over profits. Well, I'm thinking to myself, you're going to go out of business real soon. And he did. Because if you want to take care of your people, you got to focus on making profits. Profits first. Profit's not a dirty word. Well, this guy, right in this editorial, party over people is wrong. Okay, House Bill 103, political party affiliation, and a declaration of changes requiring. It, it basically, it's that bill that just passed and was signed by the governor that makes it so you have to stick with the party that you're affiliated with on not election day, but primary day. This guy hates it. He writes, requiring voters to affiliate with a political party before candidates have even filed for the primary election complicates voters' choices in Wyoming. It flies in the face of everything Wyoming I stand for, including independence and freedom to vote for the best candidate. Okay, this guy, I don't have to go any further into this article. This guy has no idea. I might have to write a reply to that and send it to him. I can answer this real quick. I have before. I'll do it again. It's real simple. Here's how our system works. We have multiple political parties in Wyoming. There's more than two parties. Besides Democrat, Republican, we have 
the Libertarian Party and the Constitution Party. Now, the Republican Party dominates currently, but we do have at least four parties in the state of Wyoming and people who are just registered independent. When the primary rolls along, each party is selecting their candidate to go to the general election. So if you're a Republican, only vote in a Republican primary. If you're a Democrat, only vote in a Democrat primary. Libertarian or Constitution Party, only vote in your party's primary. Do not go to the other party, some other party, and meddle in their affairs and come back. Those are supposed to be primaries for members of those parties to select their members. Now, if you live in a county that only has Republicans running in the primary, and you're thinking, well, this is when their real election's held because there's nobody else running. Well, whatever other party you might be with, you might want to go complain to them and have something done about that. It is not the Republicans' fault that your party failed to show up. Okay? It is not the Republicans' fault if you live in a county where only Republicans are on the ballot on primary day. Maybe your party needs to get its act together and get some people into those races. People who can actually win something. Okay, don't, don't pick some nutballs. Pick people who can actually win something. So I might just write a response and send it to the Jack. In fact, I think I'll do that later this afternoon. Write a response and send it to the Jackson Hole newspaper just to say, I think you don't understand how this system works. 742 Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way... He's not a doctor, but he's happy to take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 745 is the time it's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day, Day Weather. Okay, Don, on Friday's program, I started asking people, when do you think that the last official big storm of the season that we all wait for is going to happen. And we started sort of an office pool where people were picking a certain date. Would you like to get in on this action? No, okay. no I do I not. I didn't think so. I do not want to bias anything. <laughs> <laughs> when the weatherman is not going to make a guess. <laughs> but I would certainly like to know, I mean, once you guys are done picking dates yeah. i would like to see those i would I, i'll send them to you now there were quite it started off everybody was saying well you know april and then we started getting people saying may and then we had to start the conversation about and this is a great one to ask you what qualifies as the last official storm somebody said well it's got to be like frank gambino i think our sports guy said it's got to be at least over six inches worth of snow Okay, I, I might go with Frank on that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we just got to make sure what qualifies as the last storm. And also, if we get into summer, then that's not the spring storm. That's something else entirely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. a whole different office. So we had to put a end date on it that has got to be before the date of here's the official start of summer. Now, on that note, it might feel spring-like today. Next three days, uh, yeah. we are going to be into some milder air getting pushed in by a, another storm that's going to be hitting the West Coast later today and tonight and tomorrow. And this is going to push a little bit more of a mild air mass, and we get a Chinook, too. That's far the problem is it's going to get pretty darn windy. But the wind yeah. is going to be warming us up here over the next two or three days. Tomorrow and Wednesday will be the warmest days for a lot of folks. Now, what do I mean by warm? Well, 
a lot of people will be able to make the 40s, which is actually yeah. not even average. Okay. But, you know, you look at places like Lander, Riverton, Casper that just have not warmed up. That'll be as warm as it's been in a while. But there could be out around places like Wheatland and Torrington out near the Nebraska border. I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow and Wednesday if a couple of areas break 60 degrees. Okay. Wow. That, that, okay. But then, that is, but then, that's we, like, then we go in reverse. Yeah, then, then nobody's then wearing a jacket. Hey, I wasn't wearing a jacket when it hit like 40 yesterday. I just took it off. That gives you an idea of how acclimated I've got. All right, now, we get into later this week. There's snow coming. So is this a big event or just snow? Like last week, small. Yeah. It's it's going to be another one of these. We get, what, we get what's left. After these storms hit the West Coast, they get chewed up. They get beat up and beatered and battered around by all the mountain ranges they got across. But late Wednesday, Wednesday night, and the Thursday morning, many areas across the plains will see some snow showers. Mm. Um, they just be, won't be really organized, but they will be enough to cause travel problems. And like last week, Glenn, the, the high country is going to continue to get snow. Jacksonville ski area now over 500 inches of snow wow. this year. They've hit the 500-inch uh, club. Um but on the plains, we still don't have the correct pattern yet to bring a bigger snow event through this week. But I will tell you that the, the pattern after this two or three days where it's warmer, it's going to get cold and stay cold. I mean, okay, uh, we're just not going to see anything remotely like a, a springtime temperature pattern yet, other than what's going to happen between today and Wednesday. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day from Dayweather. Okay. Well, at least you get a couple of days. A little bit of a warm-up before we get into the rest of it. So, all right. And he did not say anything about a major snow event. That's good. Speaking of that, head on over to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, uh, Frank, you have a cat. Yes, I have I don't cat. think that this would be that. Does your cat like pizza? No. Okay. As, well, as far as I know. As far no. as you know. Okay. Because I have seen video of, of cats stealing pizza. Uh, headline on our Wake Up Wyoming site, Dog Seeks Leftover Pizza Causes House Fire in Casper Displaces Residents. That's terrible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you see now. Oh. Uh, at, really, the dog was going, oh. <laughs> and it was leftover pizza. Uh, that, according to release, uh, 1045 a.m., firefighters dispatch, and it tells where they were dispatched to. Firefighters arrived. Bad dog. Kitchen was on fire, quickly extinguished. Investigators determined the cause to be accidental. The dog did not mean to start a fire. If your dog starts a fire intentionally, you got a problem. I would say so. Yeah. Family dog seeking leftover pizza on the stovetop inadvertently ignited the stove. How do you do that? Seeking access to the pizza. So he accidentally turned the stove on. Subsequently igniting the box. That was on the stove. Yes. Uh, and the above stove microwaves surrounding, surrounding cabinetry. I don't think I've ever fire. heard of something like that. No. Okay. Well, I figure, okay, uh, just assuming here. If he's up there with his paws and he's trying to get up to the pizza and he's starting to knock around all of the little control knobs there. He might have. Yeah, he might have went ahead and turned something on. Now, if the box is right there, then the box lights on fire, then everything else lights on fire. Oh. Bad dog. Oh, that's terrible. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be in the W1.
athletic bid, and they will play at home in Laramie. Well, probably they will find out their opponent later on today with the selection when the selections come out. Cowgirls finished second at the Mountain West Tournament after a 71-60 loss to UNLV. UW 22 and 10, and they made it to the third round of the WNIT last season before losing to UCLA in triple overtime, 82-81. And men's college basketball, the Mountain West Conference got four teams in the NCAA tournament. That is really good. Conference champion San Diego State got a five seed in the South. They'll take on Charleston in the first round in Orlando. Utah State is the 10th seed in the South. They'll draw Missouri in the opening round in Sacramento. Boise State is the 10th seed in the West. They'll play Northwestern in round one in Sacramento. And Nevada got a spot in that first four deal in Dayton. They'll take on Arizona State to start things off. Junior college basketball, the Casper College women qualify for the national tournament in Lubbock, Texas for the fourth time in six years with a 62-60 win over Western Wyoming in the championship game of the Region 9 tournament in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Birds are 30-3 and on the year and they got 15 points each from Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar and Douglas grad Jocelyn Igo. Now Casper College will be the 15th seed. They'll play Walter State from Morristown, Tennessee in the first round. Walter State is the 18th seed with a record of 25-4 and and that game will be a week from Wednesday down in Lubbock. The LCCC women's basketball team finished the season 21-10 and with a loss to Casper College in the semifinal round of the Region 9 tournament 85-58. The Casper College men lost a tough 78-77 decision to Trinidad State in the championship of the men's Region 9 tournament at the Erickson Gym on Saturday. Jamison Epps was terrific in that game for Casper with 33 points on 11 of 19 from the field. T-Birds finished the year 24-8. and The LCCC men wrapped up the season with a loss to Casper College in the semifinals of the Region 9 tournament. 85 to 80 to finish 17 and 12. The high school basketball season concluded on Saturday in Casper with the championship games in 3A and 4A. In the 4A boys, Cheyenne East won their first state championship since 2006 with a 68-59 win over Laramie. Garrett Slaps led East with 18 points and Drew Jackson at 17. Cody won their very first state championship in girls basketball and went undefeated as they won the 4A title beating Thunder Basin 65-53. In 3A boys, Warland won their second state championship in the last three years beating Lyman 37 35, and the Douglas girls won their fifth consecutive state championship with a 60-46 to win over Buffalo. And your title reads, Douglas girls win 3A basketball state title five again. years in a row. It would yeah. have been six, but yeah. they canceled the tournament that COVID year in 2020. Had they played that tournament in 2020, Douglas would have won that too. Wow. Okay. So, they... Now, of course, these if five years in a row, they're not all getting held back, so it's not all the same girls. No, 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 yeah. They, yeah. You graduate out, you bring in more, and they're yeah. just as good. So I would say, and also I would have to say at that point, good coaching. Uh, indeed. Yeah? Indeed. Right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. See, for a moment there, I acted like I knew what I was talking about with sports. And it almost worked. But you know better. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time. National local update on your weather forecast. We'll do some open phones. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of the time. Now, I got to reiterate that. 8.06 is the time. 
Some people don't have clocks that switch automatically these days. Most people do, but that's the time. I do have a story. Hopefully, I'll get to it a little bit later on that shows that we might be getting close to the end of having this whole daylight saving time thing, not just state by state, but the federal government through Congress legislation is being passed through that might actually make it. Don't know about this time around this year, but I mean, it's getting real close. So we'll see. That could be reaching to the end of that. All right. We're getting into the open phone segment, but hang on before I do that. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. Therefore, say, well, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. So, you've heard these gun buyback programs. Even our friends down in Colorado have tried them at times. And gun buyback programs are just the dumbest idea. Massive waste of taxpayer money. What usually happens is people that have a gun somewhere in the house, like in a shoebox in the attic or something like that, will go find it grandpa's old revolver that hasn't been shot in years nobody even knows if he can still shoot it one of those things and he'll go ahead to a gun buyback program and they say well look at all the guns we got off the streets and yet the crime rate doesn't stop the murder rate doesn't slow down so you really didn't make any difference with your gun buyback program and then there are those people that speaking of colorado this happened There were some people in Colorado who looked at the route folks would have to take to get to the gun buyback program, and they looked at how much money the city, I think it was Denver at the time, was offering people for guns. So they set up some stands ahead of that, offered people more money, bought a bunch of of guns, real cheap. Again, there's your gun buyback program. Then we have the problem with 3D printers. Now, currently, you can make a gun with a 3D printer. And I know Congress has legislation, and I can't remember if it passed or not, or is still working on it, which would make 3D printed guns an illegal thing. But that's something I've said before. You really can't stop that. That's another one of those laws that's just unenforceable. If somebody wants to 3D print a gun, they'll figure out how to do it. Well, we're going to make it illegal to trade and sell the plans online, they'll do it. Trust me. They don't need to go through any government system. There's so many ways to clandestinely do that. Even online, it'll happen. So here comes a gun buyback program. And a guy with a 3D printer wasn't printing the guns, but was printing gun parts. And then he showed up at the buyback program. How stupid are gun buybacks? Ha! New York State had to give a West Virginia man $21,000 to learn that lesson. We'll talk about that in a minute, but first, we have a gun giveaway going on. It's happening. Oh, right don't want to hear about the gun giveaway. Hang on. New York for a gun buyback. There we go. With a whole bunch of 3D printed gun parts. Not even receiver parts or anything like that, just auto sears and different things like that that he could never put into his own guns, and he sold them at a gun buyback and got $21,000 because they had to give him bonus money 
because they were ghost guns with no serial numbers and, and gun parts and, and things like that. So here's what the fella did. He heard about the gun buyback going on, got himself a 3D printer, printed up a bunch of parts, which could be used to turn semi-automatic firearms into fully automatic firearms if you did a lot more milling and other work inside the receiver, carried them up to the gun buyback, and got his $21,000 worth of gift cards from the folks, the good folks in Utica. And the New York Attorney General found out what was happening. She actually sponsored this gun buyback in Utica and, and was there when this guy came in and I, I don't know if he demanded, but I'm certain I would have demanded my money if I'd have thought of this. But what a great way to show that gun buybacks don't work. Okay, so you get the basic idea, right? Yeah, gun buybacks never did work in the first place, but here's a guy who just goes ahead and prints a bunch of parts, brings them in, asks for his money, and walks off with all of this money. He made a huge profit on this thing. In every single way, gun buyback programs are making a bunch of suckers, not like they weren't already, out of those people in government. Those people who think, well, if we just buy these guns off the streets, it'll be so much safer out there, and it never is. Crime doesn't go down. Murder, etc., suicide doesn't go down. Doesn't affect anything. Other, The only thing it really did was take a bunch of taxpayer money and give it away to people who know how to sucker the government. Again, many people who go to gun buybacks, they open up the closet, they dig around. Didn't Grandpa have some old rifle back here? No one would even know about it. I mean... A thief probably wouldn't find it in the house. But Grandpa had some old rifle back here, didn't he? And they go digging around. They eventually find it. They didn't even know it was in their own house. Oh, okay, well, let's go to the gun buyback. We'll get a few bucks for this thing. And selling that to the city or the state doesn't make the streets any safer because it wasn't the gun that was the problem in the first place. It was the criminals. They were the problem. That's who you actually have to deal with in something like this. But you know, I'll go back to, once again, it shows what suckers people in government can be when they think that they can do something like that and it will actually make the street safer. A, a feel-good program that doesn't do anything to solve the actual problem. Oftentimes, the actual problem never gets addressed anyway. There's all sorts of government programs out there to help people, to help society, to make our streets safer, et cetera, et cetera. And so many of the programs that government offers up never actually solves the problem in the first place. Sounds good to them at the time. Oh, speaking of that, a side note on feel-good programs. On the ridiculously large television that they put up in the studio next to me here, I was just watching a bunch of lady members of Congress were trying to pass a bill, and these are all Democrats, of course, that they want to get to the president's desk, which will solve the problem of pay inequality when it comes to women. Now, we've talked about that many times before as well. And so it's an equal pay initiative, and, you know, and it goes on that false idea that women are paid less than men in all sorts of different industries, which has been proven wrong time and time again. Once again, built on a lie, feel-good legislation that doesn't actually solve anything. 
Climate change. I have a Greta Thunberg story coming up next. You're going to love this one. A prediction that she made that she's wishing would go away. And once again, we spend all of this money on all of these initiatives to solve a problem that doesn't exist in the first place. It's Wake Up Wyoming. This travel network. 97 Woods or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Teams of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I, I promise you, open phones is coming. Probably right after news, bottom of the hour. But I have to get back to this. Now, I opened up this show this morning, 6 o'clock hour, with this story. But I got to nail it again because there's people who join later. And you got to hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? What she would sound like if she was a pop music star. Oh, I was going to go check out. I have to do that. What is her net worth about now? Because I understand she's made a lot of money off of this. Okay. So let's go back in time a little bit. Greta Thunberg, 2018, put a post up on Twitter. She tweeted. She said, a top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity, unless we stop using fossil fuel over the next five years. Again, she predicted this back in 2019. So it starts with somebody tweeting directly to Greta right now. I mean, just within the past couple of days. Hey, Greta, why did you delete this? Well, if you think about it, we have now she was at June that she made that prediction. Let me go ahead and take a look at this because we got to get a countdown clock going. June 21st, 2018 is when she uh, posted that, right? So that means we have until June 22nd of 2023 when we hit the five-year mark. Start the clock, please. Yeah, this is the countdown clock. According to Greta's prediction, which she pulled down from Twitter, we have until June of 2023, and we are just done. Kablooey. So every so often, I'll go back and let that clock just sort of tick away to remind everybody that we don't have that much time left to go. Now, this isn't the first time. You've heard me list many times before. Climate activists have said, we have until this date. And then it's all over. So the five-year mark, June 22nd, 2023, will be five years. Let me read it again. Greta tweeted, a top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe, us all, will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. And she posted that on June 21st, 2018, the five-year mark is June 22nd, 2023. We'll just stand by and wait to see what happens. Now, she wasn't the only one. Let me see. There were some other people here. Well, there were quite a few other people who sent some tweets out along the same line in answer to uh, Greta Thunberg. Let me see. There's 28 replies to that. I wonder 
what people are saying. Since this guy, he had taken a screenshot of what Greta said, and he saved it. Let me see. He then says, everyone knows the only way to save humanity is lots of money. Oh, yeah, and you have to give up your property rights and your freedom, too. Here's another guy who says, time flies when you're on the grift. Uh, Zachary Elwood on Twitter. You might be misreading her post. She's not saying humanity will be wiped out in five years. You can disagree with her. That's what she's saying. Well, let's go back to what actually she's saying. She said, climate scientists warning climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels in the next five years. Now, that doesn't mean I will give this guy this much. That doesn't mean that we hit the five-year mark and we're done, to be serious about it. What it means is... That's the tipping point. Now, you've heard about the tipping point many times. Al Gore talked about the tipping point. He said, we have 10 years left. We hit a tipping point. Now, he said that, what, like 13 years ago, 14 years ago? We crossed his tipping point a long time ago. And see here. Uh, it all means, okay, all it means is possibly too late. Uh, oh, the science is settled. Well, that was a scientist, a climate scientist, that said that. And so since a climate scientist, a top researcher, as Greta said, said it, then nobody's allowed to disagree because all science is settled. I see a lot of people arguing with her about what she said. See, um, see, here's a guy who says, personally, I don't think climate science scientists is a real title in society. I don't think economists is anything more than a position above uh, government who creates a crisis on a whim. That's an interesting argument there. Let's see. Uh, she's just a viral ploy for politicians and climate activists because she's a fraud and the doomsday report needs to be cycled through. Yeah, it's the five-year plan. Every so often, they have to kick the can down the road. Let me type this in. How much is... Yeah, how much is Greta Thunberg worth? Okay, she's um, she's worth about a million dollars. Okay. And then the question is, how does she make her money? I expected her to actually be worth a lot more than that, but okay. Uh, Greta is a climate activist most known for her speech, Climate Summit 2019, right? Famous for scolding Western leaders, fine. While Greta is uh, firm with her Western leaders, experts point out, Thunberg has yet to commit to the world's biggest polluter. Oh, that's true. She's never said anything about China's pollution. Although, although one member of the Biden administration was praising China for how they have been ca tackling climate change. Yes, by causing it, but okay. Let's see. So how much is he worth? Source of wealth, fame. That's pretty good. This website here, when it, what is the source, source of Greta's wealth? Fame. She was born January 3rd, 2003. Just a pup. She's 20 years old. Stockholm, Sweden is where she was born. Uh, let's see. Her parents are actors. Okay. Uh, in fact, one of them is an opera singer. Oh, I didn't know that. Developed a passion. Now, I love this. Developed a passion for climate alarmism while growing up with her parents in Stockholm. Uh, really, she is just a pawn. 
always has been. I mean, honestly, the kid has been exploited. Eventually, Thunberg became distraught with the prospect of climate change impact. No, again, she was taught to be distraught. She's a pawn. Finished her high school education, did not go to study at university, chose to forego college for the opportunity to tour and inspire people. Well, here's what I want to know, though. Uh, would she not go to college because she thinks this, the world's going to come to an end? What's the point? Well, anyway, Greta's net worth is a result of fame. She rose after, let me see, starring, is starting the school strike for climate protests, which I do remember that. That even took place. Some kids here in, well, more like down in Colorado took part in that. That's when a bunch of kids, to fight climate change, they skipped class. And really, it was just an excuse to skip class. And none of those kids actually ever did anything. They just went and skipped class. It was an excuse. As a result of her initial protest, people around the world started showing up outside of government buildings and so on. Yeah, again, it didn't work. Uh, Talks about public awareness. Let's see. Uh, She mistakenly tweeted a sheet of scripted replies she used to – oh, this is good. When When she gets questioned about something on Twitter, she is given scripted replies. And one day she made the mistake of tweeting out a bunch of those scripted replies. Yeah, so now everybody knows that if you ask Greta a question and she responds to the question, well, uh, her handlers send her a script. Grandpa Rich, for years it has snowed on my birthday, April 25th. That's called global warming, Grandpa. Look it up. Ask Greta. All right, we'll do open phones in the next segment. Coming up on local news, after local news, update on your weather forecast. Nice long segment of open phones, 888 woods That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up my own. Seven Woods, or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so I've been putting this off because a lot of things I want to talk about today. Open phones. Let's do this. Morning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Okay, so <laughs> there have been, since I was talking about Greta and Greta Thunberg making all sorts of, well, bizarre climate predictions that never came true and she had to remove them from her Twitter. I'm surprised 
actually, that she remembered that she had posted those things on Twitter. At five years, and we reach a tipping point, and it's over. We're coming up on the five-year mark. She remembered she posted that? She took it down? Really? wonder how many other things she didn't remember that she posted that were just absurd. Well, okay. With that in mind, let's take a look at some of the other bizarre solutions that they've thought about for fixing the whole global warming thing, Al Gore, with the only hit song he thinks he's ever had. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close. You just say no. I say it's global warming. But you call me a liar But this planet's on fire Okay, um, concern is growing. You know that idea that they have on occasion to put something out in, in space that would block some sunlight from getting to Earth? Because if the planet is warming up because of CO2... And even if every country did everything that the cult of climate change wants them to do, and we reached net zero with CO2 and all of that, it would do nothing to stop what's happening. So the scientists say, and you know, the science is settled, so there you go. One of the ideas is block sunlight. Several ways has been suggested. One is to go out into outer space and put something up that would put, uh, well, just reduce the amount of sunlight getting to the planet. You wouldn't have to have something particularly big, just put it in the right place to block a lot of sunlight. That's one way. Another way is to put some dust up there, maybe moon dust or whatever. Headline, concern grows over rich nations controlling sunlight, blocking the sun's rays to cool the earth. Needs to benefit poor nations, too. Paul in Laramie has a question. Hi, Paul. Yeah, hey. Uh, how much did it cost the government to create the uh, president's budget when any third-grade drop or fourth-grade dropout could tell him it wasn't going anywhere? It was a waste of time, effort, and money. I see. So you mean just the money that it went into to sit down and write up the entire budget was not worth yeah, the money? The, the how much man hours or you know just hmm. totally just how much did it cost uh, or how much did it waste to create that stupid thing? Let's see. To I'm I'm asking the question here to the okay. Let's see if there's an answer out there. To create the budget, mm-hmm. President's White House fact sheet. No, I don't see that anyone has a price on that. But I guarantee you, whatever you think that they spent, they spent more than that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I've been trying to get through our, uh, our representatives, and I haven't been able to get through to them because I want to ask them the same darn question. Yeah. And uh, uh, I have this thing about talking to a machine. Ah, right, yeah. Well, now, I, every single time a pre, and every single president puts out a budget, every single time it's always declared dead on arrival, even when the president has a Congress that's his own party, 
presidential budgets tend to be declared dead on arrival anyway. Yeah, they, they tend to be. But on this one here with the tax effort yeah. and every darn thing that he wants to do, there's no way that the, that Congress, Senate will, will probably pass it, but Congress right. won't. Well, here's another good question, as long as we're on this line. It, so how much does it cost? Congress always has to put up a budget, too. And they have no idea what's in it. It's this massive thing that they are supposed to do on a regular basis. They often skip it. But when they do it, it's massive. Now, that's before they even start spending money on it. They haven't voted for it yet. How much does it cost to put all of that together? Yeah, that, that, this is you know basically my question. Yeah. How much do, how much cost? And to what, if let's say it passes, okay, then that mm-hmm. passed. But if it does, they don't get it. That's yeah. just a waste of darn time, effort, and money. There you go. All right. Let me think about okay. that for a minute, Paul. I appreciate it. Okay, so you can do what he just did. He interrupted me. I changed, he changed the subject. So, triple eight ninety seven Woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Here, I'm going to go ahead and throw out an idea for what I would do if I could wave my magic wand on the whole budget thing. So I'm going to pick a number, so don't take this as a real number, okay, just for sake of argument. We're going to allow the federal government to have $2 trillion a year, okay, just to pick a number. And that's what they're allowed to spend, and that's it. See, the part of the problem is your federal government is allowed to borrow your federal government is allowed to print money. And so because of this, and they're allowed to do other things too, sell bonds and et cetera. And this is the way that they get money. And because they basically have not just a credit card that's unlimited because they keep raising the debt ceiling. It's not just that. But they can just go ahead and print whatever money they want, which does nothing but devalue the currency. What if instead we put them on a tight budget? I remember this was a long time ago that I saw this, many years ago, before the invention of the Internet, when the world was still in black and white. Color was not invented for quite some time. So I was watching some television show, also in black and white. And they were talking about people who just had a lot of credit card debt. Now, I remember this time because everybody was getting credit cards in the mail. You are pre-approved. Remember those things? Credit card debt went through the roof. So um, what do people do to get out of credit card debt? Well, you got to break the habit. And they showed some people, a couple, for example, going to a credit counselor And he said, okay, so I asked you to bring all of your credit cards. May I see them, please? And they handed over all the credit cards. And to their horror, he picked up a big pair of scissors and cut up all of their cars. You won't be using these anymore. (gasps) But how are we supposed to? But that's not how are I don't understand. You're going to live within the means. How much do you make? We're going to figure out how to make you live within your means. You make this much money, so you spend this much money or less than that, preferably. A lot, of, a lot of people have been rescued because their credit cards have been cut up. I would love to do that for the federal government. Cut the credit cards up and give them a budget. You have $2 trillion a year to spend. Figure it out. You, you want to hear some people scream bloody murder? That'll do it. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best wits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
8.48's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino's waiting by. Uh, Frank, I one time saw an actual picture, real live picture, of a Petco pet store. And next to it was a Chinese restaurant. Oh. Yeah. That really must have everybody wondering. That's not the quite optics you're looking for. That's really not, no. So this is an actual plaza somewhere in America. On the left side is the Sushi Cafe. Yeah. On the right side is Fish World. Okay. So if you can't sell them one way... You sell them the other you way. You sell them the other way, right, yeah. And again, somebody should have thought about the optics of that. Yeah. Maybe we don't want them right next to each other. However, you know, sometimes you're stuck in certain situations, uh-huh. but you got to kind of... Go with it? Well, go with it or, okay. or invent a, a different avenue of okay. advertising. So let's look at the bright side of this end. Since they're next to each other, whatever town this is, it's become... a cause of jokes, which means since everybody's <laughs> sure. joking about it, then everybody knows where it is. Well, yeah. Oh, see? Yeah. So now isn't that the... There is no such thing as bad advertising. As long as people are talking about you, you're good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, you're getting people in the door. Sure. Or, or yeah. at least in the strip mall. So, yes, the people sitting there eating sushi at the sushi cafe oh, are snickering the entire time. <laughs> Yet, they will never forget the name of the place, and at some point, somebody's going to want to try it. And I wonder, what kind of jokes are being told over there at the fish store? Well, they say, well, we just we sold the sushi place more goldfish. Yeah. Or somebody will point and say, wasn't this tank full yesterday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so uh, I wonder often, though, do the, well, what kind of jokes do the employees of both places tell? I want to hear those. Yeah. On both, on both, on both ends. Okay, now let's imagine then that the uh, sushi place runs a commercial on radio. Mm-hmm. Sushi cafe located next to Fish World. Yes, yes. You see it. You, do you do that or do you skip it? Fresh seafood daily. Located next to Fish World. I'd go for it. Exactly. Women's college basketball. The Wyoming Cowgirls will be in the WNIT with an automatic bid and in all likelihood will play at home. They'll find out their opponent later on today with those selections coming out later this afternoon. The Cowgirls finished second of the Mountain West Conference Tournament after a 71-60 loss to UNLV. UW is 22-10 on the year. They did make it to the third round of the WNIT last season before losing to UCLA in triple overtime, 82-81. Men's college basketball, the Mountain West Conference got four teams in the NCAA tournament. That is really good. Conference champion San Diego State got a five seed in the south and will take on Charleston in the first round in Orlando. Utah State is the tenth seed in the south. They'll draw Missouri in the opening round in Sacramento. Boise State is the 10th seed in the West. They'll play Northwestern in round one in Sacramento. And Nevada got in as one of the in that first four deal in Dayton. And they'll play Arizona State to start things off. Junior college basketball, the Casper College women qualified for the national tournament in Lubbock, Texas for the fourth time in six years with a 62-60 win over Western Wyoming in the championship game of the Region 9 tournament in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. The Birds are 30-3 and on the year. They got 15 points from Kelly Walsh High School grad Logan Alva and Douglas High School grad Joslyn Igo. Now, Casper College will be the 15th seed. They'll play Walter State from Morristown, Tennessee in the first round. Walter State is the 18th seed with a record of 25-4, and four, and that game will be a week from Wednesday down in Lubbock at 1 p.m. The LCCC women's basketball team finished at 21-10 and 10 on the year with a loss to Casper College in the semifinal round of the Region 9 tournament, 85-58. The Casper College men lost a tough 78-77 decision to Trinidad State in the championship game of the men's Region 9 tournament 
Hammond and Casper on Saturday. Jamison Epps was terrific in that game for the T-Birds with 33 points on 11 of 19 from the field. So the Birds finished the season at 24 and 8. The LCCC men wrapped up the season with a loss to Casper College in the semifinals of that Region 9 tournament, 85-80, to finish 17 and 12. The high school basketball season did conclude in Casper on Saturday with the championship games at the Ford Center in 3A and 4A. In 4A boys, Cheyenne East won their first day championship since 2006 with a 68-59 win over Laramie. Garrett Slabs led East with 18 points and Drew Jackson led at 17. In 4A girls, Cody won their very first championship in girls basketball and they went undefeated. They downed Thunder Basin 65-53. In 3A boys, Worland won their second state championship in the last three years, beating Lyman 37-35. And Douglas won their fifth consecutive state title in girls play with a 60-46 win over Buffalo. That's in sports. I see you just posted a story, Cheyenne East Boys basketball post-game remarks. Now, they're happy guys. I assume East Boys just because he's side of the state, right? Well, Cheyenne East. Yeah, okay. Cheyenne East. Oh, that's I thought maybe just because they were way over on East Side no, of the no, state. No, no, no. Cheyenne East. Cheyenne East. So, so we have Cheyenne East, Cheyenne Central, Cheyenne South. Oh, okay. So then you have the South Boys. Yeah, and the Central, Central Boys. Boys and Got, the East Boys. Okay, now I'm rolling with it now. All right, thank you for mm-hmm. coming up on 9 o'clock hour. So we have local business to take care of. We're going to roll into national news, local news, update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it for the 9 o'clock hour. Open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Sister dear, at least you're eating fresh fish. Yes, if the fish shop is right next to Sushi Villa, absolutely. I seriously, I want to do the radio commercial located right next to Fish World. Let's wake up, my own. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. Remember I said 9.06. Because, you know, daylight saving time and all of that. Open phones. 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I have things I'm going to talk about. But at any time, you can just hit the brakes and interrupt me and change talk what you want to talk about on that note. Howard is in Laramie County about vehicle accident rates. Hi, Howard. Good morning, Nick. Uh, Glenn. I got a question I'd like somebody to answer. I'd like to know the accident rate, the vehicle accident rate, the Friday morning before the switch versus the Monday morning after the switch. Because now you have people who are driving to work in the dark and were half asleep. Yeah. So I would say it'd be higher, but no one's putting that information out. I wonder why. Okay. And another thing you can see is daylight savings time. Uh. Imagine having to tell a cow you're going to milk her an hour earlier yeah. tomorrow morning. Right. You know, okay. Have you ever been around cows? You know what they do when it's dark? They sleep. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. I do have a story. I don't know about the accident rates. I always thought daylight saving time was a really bad idea anyway. I thought it was just kind of stupid. But I do have a story here asking the question, is it about to end soon? Because not only does Wyoming have legislation, several states do, and so does the federal government. So we'll see. I'll, I'll read the. I'll let you go. I'll read the story to you. Let's see what happens. If we can actually get rid of this thing. So the story in front of me is from PJ Media. 
will this be the last year for daylight saving time? Which, by the way, our man in Cheyenne, Doug, hates, hates daylight saving time. This author says, I rolled over in bed this morning, glanced at the clock, never set the alarm, wouldn't know how to do it if I wanted to. So you can imagine my relief when the clock said it was only 5.30 a.m. Almost allowed myself to doze off, then I remembered biannual fiddling with time meant 6.30 a.m. And I was already behind schedule. Okay, cursing Ben Franklin, who really didn't invent daylight saving time, I stumbled out of bed and prepared for a a few days trying to adjust. It would be so much easier. Daylight saving time were permanent. In other words, pick that time. Pick a season. Stick with it. Literally making daylight saving time permanent is a popular issue in Congress right about now. It's okay. Earlier this month, Senator Marco Rubio, Florida, introduced the Sunshine Protection Act. That's just a hysterical name. The Sunshine Protection Act, which would make daylight saving time the permanent time. So far, the bill has received bipartisan support in the Senate and has been referred to the Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. If passed, the March 12th changing of the clocks would be the final such event. We wouldn't fall back in November. A similar bill introduced by Rubio last year passed with unanimous support in the Senate. But it wasn't well received in the House. Lawmakers argued over matters that were more important or asked additional research. Oh, God, you got to research this? Yeah, we need to research that. No, you don't. Are you sick of waking up being out? of? Then don't don't bother. I just no, it really annoys every time we got to make a decision. We have to research things to find out if we're supposed to make that decision or not. Just call it. Jody is in Carpenter hey. City. Hello. Good morning. What you- I just wanted to touch base regarding the breaking news about the animal shelter and the city and county possibly parting ways. Okay. And I just wanted to toss out my two cents that cost of everything, you know it, I know it in the world, is different than it was a year ago, right. two years ago, three years ago. And so the increase from 800000 roughly is what I understand to 1.2 million, which is 400,000 different, right. seems to make sense. That entity has to cover insurance, liability, expansions, repairs, staffing, food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I do not believe, and this is my opinion only this morning, that um, the county and city need to take on more um, projects for the, for the taxpayers. I think the less that they put their hands in it and let the professionals take care of that because they also have staffing issues, money issues to pay staffing, to fix their streets. I feel like they're not taking care of their own responsibilities right now, and yet they want to take this away from the entity who offers services widely, county, city, wherever the animal is, whatever the situation is. They have a barn cat program. They'll spay, neuter, and they'll get them out to farms and barns and help with that problem in the town, et cetera. So in all towns, you got Pine Bluff, you got Carpenter, you got, you know, all these communities. So I just feel the city has other things to direct their attentions to and to buckle up and just pay it and move forward. So I just want to toss that out. Okay. 
that. All right. Thank you, Jody. I appreciate it. So she's talking about uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much. Sure. Absolutely. So, see, that's called venting. She's allowed to do that. So, no, that uh, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, the uh, pet clinic, the animal shelter there, has been source of controversy for a very long time. So she's basically just saying, give them the money, leave them alone. Let them do what they do. And Okay. Um, I can go back, and in fact, I think I, I can. I, I can go back and take a look at some of the stories if you want some context on that. I know we have them on the Wake Up Wyoming side. Oh, real quick. Back to the daylight saving time thing. Since that might be, we'll see how far it gets in Congress. Remember, Wyoming has a law now that if the surrounding states decide to give up on this whole time change thing we do twice a year, then Wyoming will follow suit. And if the federal government passes a law as well. Hello? You're here early. Thought I was late. Check again. They call it daylight savings. They said it would help the farmers. They didn't expect it to destroy everything else. It gets dark so early now. We gained an hour, but we've lost light. Wait, didn't we lose an hour? No, we we spring forward, fall back. Or is it fall forward? It's too confusing. Don't you see what's happening? All the people are going to have to change their clocks back. We have to warn them. Early bird catches the worm. Tina, you have to come with me. Where are we going? We're going to a place where daylight savings doesn't exist. They call it Arizona. You can't run from this. It doesn't add up! Don't you see? Daylight savings is just an imaginary construct! It's daylight saving. It's not plural. This is tearing us all apart! Too late! No, remember, we gained an hour! What time is it? We're running out of time! You want to buy an hour? Ah! You're not afraid of the dark, are you? We're, select the clock. We're so No, select the... Hold the button, okay, menu. Okay, okay. Select the clock icon. Uh, where's okay? Click the clock I'm icon. Oh, Jesus, you're back at the menu. Jim is in Cheyenne. Hello, Jim. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? We cannot stop changing our clocks back and forth every every spring and fall because we would never know when to change out the batteries. So that's how you decided to do that. <laughs> Okay. What if we just had a holiday? Like we gave you a half a day off every year for National Smoke uh, Detector Battery Day. The battery companies would love it. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. Okay, so we get rid of daylight saving time. We give you a half a day off from work every single Friday, uh, uh, once a year. Or do you need to do this twice a year? Got to do it twice a year. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I'll go ahead and see if I can. I'll go ahead and see if I can uh, get some of the bureaucrats out there to help me out with that. Don't hold your breath. Have Congress, have Congress study it. All right. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, got to have a congressional study before we do anything. Uh, <laughs> I'd never thought about it that way. How do you know when to change your batteries? Jim, uh, Rich is in Thermopolis. Oh, Grandpa Rich. How are you doing today? Good, sir. What you got? Hey, did you watch any of the, the, the funeral for the Queen? No. Okay, well, you know, the Episcopal Church, I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and the Episcopal Church believes that the world won't end, you know? Yeah. And, and at the end, of the, they always say world without end, right. amen, and uh, they believe uh, 
nuts. Now I forgot what I was going to say. I get on the I get on the air and I do. Right. Yeah. But also, you know, the Indians believe in the spirit world, and I've just really come really aware of it. You know, they don't believe the world's going to end; it's going to change, but it ain't going to be right like ending. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's several and religions get, out there. There are many religions that don't believe in an ending. They believe more like in a recycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like the Hopis. Yeah. Which are supposed to be direct descendants to the Anasazi, who right. supposedly disappeared. But if you get online, they tell you, um, the Navajo National Monument, they tell you right. they're direct descendants of it. Well, I, but it just kind of yeah. drives me nuts when all these people say the oh, world yeah. There's always that end times cult. There always is. All right. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. So, um, uh, Cyberpoke and Laramie, I have a better idea. Uh, daylight saving time. Hold on, wait. So you need an extra hour of sleep? Take... <laughs> Basically, he's saying take an hour of sleep at work. Take a nap. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. On the daylight saving time issue, Corey, Nebraska. Daylight saving time doesn't affect us clowns that work nights too much. Yeah, and since I get to work a little after 2 o'clock in the morning is when I get to work. And I never really cared about daylight saving. It never really affected me too much. Now, I like this one. Well Whisper in Platte Rapids, Wyoming. After all these years of saving daylight, I'd like to know how much daylight has been accumulated. And if that is not a major contributor to global warming... I see. Batteries, we were talking about uh, daylight saving time, a time to uh, do your batteries, change your batteries. I said, what if we had a holiday? We take half a Friday off. So you can go home and change your batteries. Cyberpoke and Laramie says batteries would jump 20% the week before. He's not wrong. Now, this is one I'll never get. I.D. John in Granite Canyon. If you had one time, spring forward or fall back, which would I choose? I would actually take Zulu time. For those who don't know what that is, I'll explain after I get done talking to Judy. I'll never get my wish on Zulu time, but I think it's what makes most sense. That's what I would do. Hey, Jude. Oh, I lost her. Oh, Lord, I was just... Uh, hey, Jude, if you want to call back, 888-97-WOODS, you know the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Judy was over there blinking on the phone, and I'm just about to go pick up the call, and it just disappeared. So, come on, try back, Jude. 888-97-WOODS, you know the number. Okay, Zulu time, real quick. Zulu time is a world clock. Uh, the military uses it. Airlines use it. Many, many pilots do, but also ships at sea and so on. And what it is is one world clock. I know for some of you with tin hatters out there, you think of one world government, right? This is a one world clock. So what they do is Greenwich time. So let's say we hit midnight Greenwich time. Then it's midnight worldwide. 1 a.m. is 1 a.m. worldwide. 3 o'clock in the afternoon is 3 o'clock in the afternoon everywhere, all at the same time. 
there. There's no time zones. There's no daylight saving time. We're all on the same 24-hour clock. Like the military clock, it's all the same 24-hour clock. I know some of you would be a little confused at first, but I have lunch at noon. Well, you'll get used to when you have lunch. The sun's still going to be straight up over your head, but you'll get used to that. Okay, that'll work out for you. What the beauty of it is, is let's say that you're here in Wyoming and you want to call somebody on the East Coast. And you say to them, well, I'll call you at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Well, 4 o'clock here is 4 o'clock there. There's no confusion. Does their state do daylight savings time? How many time zones is that? 4 o'clock is 4 o'clock everywhere at the same time. That way, when the world celebrates New Year, the clock strikes midnight in Greenwich, and everybody celebrates New Year at the exact same time worldwide. Okay. Now, that's going to freak some people out. I'm celebrating the New Year in the middle of the day, not at midnight. Yeah. Again, trust me, you'll get used to the idea. But that's when you would celebrate New Year. Is this Judy? Hang on a second. There we go. Is this Judy? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you called back. What you got? Okay, um, I went to a county commissioner's meeting on Tuesday. Right. And we did pretty good. I mean, uh, we did ask them and remind them that the land use plan that they uh, are using right now wasn't passed properly, and they didn't seem too receptive on that. Just kind of blew rose off. But um, I had a meeting with them on Friday, my husband and I, and we reminded them of what we had went through with our deal back in 2012. And there was a section in the land use plan that said um, collectible items, uh, anything having emotional value, blah, 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 except motor vehicle. So we got we got with the commissioners, and I'm like, why is that even in there? And one of the commissioners wholeheartedly agreed. In fact, he's uh, been a practicing attorney for 40 years. He said, no, that your guys' stuff, you, you have a, you know, this is an ordinance. This is not a law. And your guys' stuff will still stand as it is. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was, I turned around and I was like, you know, we need to address some other stuff, like the ranchers out here that are having trouble because of all the snow. And they needed, they really need some help. Well, I think we ended up guilting them into giving them a hundred grand so they could get Carbon County uh, snow removal stuff over here and help some of these ranchers out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, I also Friday or Friday when I went in to meet with them, I said, you know, there's there's a lot of things in this land use plan that just isn't going to work. I mean, three years ago, ranching and uh, ranchers and uh, farmers were exempt. Why are they now being put under the umbrella of this land use plan? And I, and I really couldn't get an answer from anybody. Right. Yeah. And, uh, this is what happens when you have people that are allowed to meet too often. They just keep yeah. making more and more and more and more rules. I got to run, Judy. Thanks for calling back. I appreciate okay. it. Coming up on, yeah, we're coming up on 9.30 right now. I double check since we're talking about daylight saving time. And we're rolling into news time, which doesn't change top, bottom of the hour, every single hour. Right after news time, it's your weather forecast and more open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, Wake Up, Wyoming.
It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, so 888-97 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. Now, I'm going to give you a real feel-good story today. You're going to like this. Uh, oops, I got Micah on the phone here. Okay, I'll go to Micah first, and then I'll finish off with the feel-good story that's just going to get you through the entire week. Micah's in Cheyenne. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. All right. Well, I personally love daylight savings time. Number one, as a mother who had a very sports-inclined <laughs> child, um, it was really great during the winter months that, you know, we were able to still have some light Yeah. when those kids were out practicing or, or doing their other various activities during the winter. Um, and for older people... You know, that extra hour is huge. A lot of older people actually have it on their driver's licenses that they're not allowed to drive after dark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just having that extra hour for them to be out and about and doing things does a huge amount just for their own mental state of mind. Um, So I'm a huge advocate. I I realize that there's still the same amount of hours of daylight you know, regardless, but when you're looking at little Mickey Mouse and so many things during the winter time are still scheduled for five or six o'clock in the evening to start, and you knock out a whole lot of people that just can't do things after the sun goes down. Yeah. And around here, I mean, you know, in the in the really shortest days of of our winter, you know, it can be four four thirty in the afternoon according to the clock, and it's already dark. Right. So, I just personally think between I just think between daylight saving time, and if you really want a good laugh, this is government for you. Go ahead and take a look at the time zones around the world. Talk about a bunch of squiggly lines. It just is stupid. So that's why I like you know I like to simplify things. That's why I like the idea of Zulu time, which means the entire planet would be on one time clock. And there. Now, nothing's confusing anymore. We've we've gotten rid of time zones and daylight saving time, and we just simplified the whole process. That's what I'm in favor of. You know, I tend to think that even if we were on Zulu time, yeah. like let's just take Cheyenne, for instance, yeah. we would still be playing around with the Mickey Mouse clock. Yeah. You and know, and let's think about this for a moment. How many people name. out there that are uh, young enough have no idea what you're talking about why you keep referring to Mickey Mouse? Folks, it used to be a watch you wore on your wrist, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. No, I, I know there's people listening. What do you keep saying Mickey Mouse for? Very popular, the Mickey Mouse watch. Hey, Don, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What you got for me? Well, um... Uh... The, the whole daylight savings time thing, well, we'll, we'll just leave it alone. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you're not increasing daylight. And for the right. lady that says, well, it gives the old people an extra hour to drive. No, it doesn't. Hmm. It, it's an, an extra hour that they don't have in the morning. Right. 
Okay. It's just, uh, and, and, and I'm an old guy, so I get up early like all old guys, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just kidding on that. But did, has anybody brought up the, the what the old Indian said about daylight savings time? No. He said only a white man would take a blanket, cut a foot off the top of the blanket, sew it onto the bottom, and say the blanket is long. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. That's not wrong. <clears throat> Again, I'm in favor of just, I know a lot, I'll never get what I want. Just Zulu time. The entire planet's on one clock. But either way, if you got rid of uh, daylight saving time, at least, I, uh, you know, honestly, just pick which do you want. Spring forward, fall back. I don't care which one. Pick one of those and just stick with it. The whole idea was started, as you know, way back during a war to save energy and stuff like that, and it never worked. Once again, some government mandate that doesn't work and we can't seem to get rid of. Okay, I was telling you about something. This is what you take with you for the rest of the week. Whenever at work or when you take time off after work and there's a lull in the conversation and you want to bring something up that's really going to wow everybody. Headline, Minnesota dad uses moose antlers to kill convicted child molester that was stalking his daughter. Doesn't that make you feel so much better? 27-year-old Minnesota father walked into the sheriff's office Wednesday covered in blood from his feet all the way up to the top of his head. Confessed to killing this guy named Scully. With a uh, with moose antlers and a shovel, Scully, <clears throat> seventy seven years old, convicted of molesting a six year old, nineteen seventy nine. So the twenty seven year old had just had enough, and uh, and after he did the deed, he went and turned himself in. There. That's the, whatever you think about the story. I'm not going to tell you what to think or not to think. That's not my business. Now you have that story. You go right ahead and start to just bring it up in conversation when there's a lull and everybody discuss. 942, wake up Wyoming. Start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. It's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, so, Frank, we're having a little bit of a conversation there in the back hall in Miss Mary's massive office. You know, the one with the video games? Oh, yeah. With yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's really got set up. Oh, I know. Budget, right? So, um, she, no, her office folks has video games in it. But anyway, we were having a conversation. I thought you should get in on this. Good. Now, one of my favorite groups in Wyoming, Prairie Wildfire Band. They're from Buffalo. That's the right, that's the three girls. Three of old ladies, right. So they have a new album out. Now right. you and I are used to when you say album, you picture the vinyl. Right, yeah. Like okay. like like yeah. But that's not that that unfortunately that it's not gonna be a vinyl thing. So Oh really? Then I started thinking, well, C D. Yes, you can get the C D. Okay, but how many C D stores are there? Well, did that sell them exclusively? Yeah, or just in general music store. I know we have, let's see, there's one, there's a couple of places that sells vinyl and CDs and 
cassettes and so on in Cheyenne and in Casper. There's not many, like bookstores, there's not many music stores anymore. I know, that's... Yeah. And if anything, they're selling 33... Al- right. I mean, 33 and a third albums. Right. And usually... Maybe 45. The, yeah, there are some re-releases of new... If you go to Walmart, you'll see some re-releases of old albums from way back when. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's... It's very... You have to get online to order it. So if you want their CD, you have to get online to order it. Here's the next problem. So you got the CD. You got a CD player? Um, in my car, but only works yeah. some of the time. Yeah, and that's the same thing with mine. I have a CD player in my car that works sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah I, it doesn't always work. I'm always afraid if I put something in there, it's not going to come back. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, and, then you'll, and then you have no music. Yeah. And it's just, oh. Yeah. And then when you were, remember you used to have cassette or 8-track in your car? Mm-hmm. That was just as bad. Yeah, the, when, the, when the tape kind of got chewed up. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, we do have today, if you want to download it, which I know some... Older folks will go download, but if you download, you can listen off your phone with headphones. You can play it through your car stereo just by pushing a couple of things on your phone, and it links up, right? Mm-hmm. And play it. When you get home, you can play it through your computer at home, or for some people who are clever enough to know how to do it, through your television. If your television has big speakers, that's so you can send it to anywhere you want to hear it. Okay, I think we need to bring in these three ladies into our studio yeah. and have them play a few jams. Live. And then we'll record it. Yes. And then we'll be able to play it anytime we want. Yeah, but you know how I'm going to record it digitally. Well, we're I'm, right I'm, back I'm, where we started from. Well, no, I'm just going to put my take my phone out. Yeah, but that's digital. Oh, that's right. That's the same. You can download it digitally right now. You see what I'm saying? Oh, that's right. Forgot about that. Women's College Hoops, the women cowgirls who are right in line for a WNIT bid. They got an, actually an automatic bid by finishing second in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Likely to play a first-round game at home in Laramie. They'll find that out today. The cowgirls finished second at the Mountain West Tournament after that 71-60 loss to UNLV. But UW is 22-10, so they may end, so they're well-deserving of a bid like this and made it to the third round of the WNIT last season before losing to UCLA in three overtimes, 82-81. Men's College Basketball the Mountain West Conference got four teams in the NCAA tournament that is really good. Conference champion San Diego State got a five seed in the South. They will take on Charleston in the first round in Orlando. Utah State is the 10th seed in the South and will draw up Missouri in the opening round in Sacramento. Boise State is the 10th seed in the West and will play Northwestern in round one in Sacramento. Nevada got a spot in that first four deal in Dayton and they will play Arizona to start things, Arizona State to start things off. In Juco basketball, the Casper College ladies qualified for the National Tournament Lubbock, Texas for the fourth time in six years with a 62-60 win over Western Wyoming in the championship game of the Region 9 Tournament Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. T-Birds are 30-3 and on the year and got 15 points each from Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar and Douglas grad Jocelyn Igo. Now Casper College will be the 15th seed. They'll play Walter State from Morristown, Tennessee. Walter State is the 18th seed with a record of 25-4 and and that game will be a week from Wednesday down in Lubbock at 1 p.m. The C women's basketball team finished the season 21-10 and with a loss to Casper College in the semi final round of the Region 9 Tournament 85-58. The Casper College men lost a tough 78-77 decision to Trinidad State in the championship game of the Men's Region 9 Tournament at the Erickson Gym on Saturday. Jamison Epps was terrific in that game for Casper with 33 points on 11 of 19 from the field. T-Birds finished the year 24-8. The LCCC men wrapped up the season with a loss to Casper College in the semifinals of that Region 9 Tournament 85-80 to finish 17-12. In high school basketball, the season concluded on Ca- in Casper on Saturday. 
with the championship games in the 3A and 4A state tournament. In 4A boys, Cheyenne East won their first state title since 2006 with a 68-59 win over Laramie. Garrett Slabs led East with 18 points and Drew Jackson added 17. Cody won the 4A girls championship. That's the first girls championship in the history of the school in basketball for the Phillies and they went undefeated. They down Thunder Basin in 65-53. In 3A, the Worland boys won their second state title in the last three years, beating Lyman 37-35. And Douglas won the 3A girls championship for the fifth consecutive year, beating Buffalo 60-46. Okay, so I have something for you here that you can just sort of ponder the rest of the day. This is actually from a college philosophy professor. Okay. People with beards are just people without beards with beards. And that's from a college-educated yes. Yes. Pro- He's professor. a professor, yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's, um, that's a brilliant observation. Make sure that you get a degree from that guy. Yeah, he, that's he a brilliant places. observation. Yes. He deserves tenure he does. for something he like that. He probably has it and makes more money that, than you and that, I. That's probably he can say stupid stuff yes, like that's that. That's right. See, now, well, then again, I do this. I say stupid stuff every morning. But, but, but you don't have tenure, or do you? Yeah, I have a contract. Okay. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we're talking about... News time, weather forecast, wake up Wyoming.